0: about the pit of success, how leaders adapt, succeed, and repeat. Dave Jennings, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Great to be with you. Yeah, it's great to have, be able to connect. We've been connected for a long time. In fact, you were my professor years ago and uh, I took a really terrific training and development course from you in my master's program. I loved the course. I followed you in your career uh, ever since on LinkedIn and we got reconnected recently and you know, explore the, the idea of, of getting together to have this uh, podcast conversation. And I'm super excited to be able to explore your new book. The book is titled The Pit of Success, How Leaders Adapt, Succeed, and Repeat, your co-author on that book. And uh, just a brilliant book. It's a a uh, Wall Street Journal number one bestseller, and uh, I'm excited to explore that with you. As we get started, I just wanted to share Dave's bio with everyone. Uh, like I said, Dave Jennings is co-author of the number one Wall Street Journal bestselling book, The Pit of Success. He's president of Learnable Solutions, a training and consulting firm. His PhD research focused on change resilience, and Dave makes change easier for leaders, teams, and organizations. Again, pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with my listeners by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in?
1: John, I'm just great to see you again, and I hope you got a good grade in the class. So uh.
0: <laughs> I think I did. If, if I recall, you gave me an A, so I, I can't complain. All right, great. No, you, you, covered all, you covered all the basics,
1: so I look forward to talking with you.
0: Very, very good. Okay, so let's start with the core of the title, uh, and what is the pit of success?
1: Sure. The the pit of success is the space in front of whatever you want to do. If you're looking to become better at anything, there's a pit in front of it. There's something that you're going to have to get worse at before you get better at. And so what we really push is that your future depends on your willingness to embrace the pit. Because if you're willing to be temporarily incompetent, there's nothing you can't do. All right, you just everything is within your reach. Uh, if you avoid that space, then you're going to tend to be more stuck. And what we find is people understand the pit of success; they're more willing to take on challenges that that scared them and intimidated them. But when they realize it's a normal space, it, the the feelings of loss are the most natural things you could go through. They're just more willing to jump in and do things they they don't know how to do.
0: Yeah, I like that framing, the pit of success, and I like being comfortable in temporary incompetence. <laughs> I think that's a brilliant way of framing it, and that's the reality, right? We all right. have those types of incompetence, and we're all learning and growing constantly. Like that's that's what life is all about. And I was having a conversation just the other day uh, with someone, you know, about being authentic, and 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 he really took issue with the uh, "fake it till you make it" kind of an idea. And regardless of what you call it, whether it's fake it till you make it, or it's just like lean into the uncertainty, the ambiguity and recognize that, yes, we're all learning as we go. Uh, We're all building the plane while we fly it. Uh, That's okay. Like, I, I, I don't know everything. I don't need to know everything. There's no way I could possibly know everything. All I can do is try to continually be learning and growing and try to help those around me to do the same. And if I do that, it's to me, that sounds like, what you're talking about with the pit of success is just don't allow the obstacles to stand in your way. Like, yes, of course, there's going to be obstacles. Nothing worth doing has ever come easy. And, And And so we have to struggle.
1: Absolutely. And imagine if you only did things you already know how to do, who would you be? The same person you are today. And that would be boring, wouldn't it? (laughs) What I always say is I would still be in high school, you know, (laughs) and do I really want to be that person? So yeah, our future uh, really changes when we're willing to, as you say, lean in, you know, the the fake it to the make it. One thing I I really like to push is that it's not so much, although you feel like a fake, you're really doing okay. Okay. You know, you may look around you and you're like, oh, they look good. They look good. And the fact is, everybody is doing things they don't know how to do. Everybody has doubt and they're trying to, to just do the best they can. I think one of the challenges and one of the things I really want to normalize is those people that you look at that feel, that just look amazing, they have the same thoughts. They wonder if they're good enough. We've interviewed you know, politicians, surgeons, uh, PTA presidents, it doesn't matter. Whatever the role is, if you're doing something that you've not done before, you don't know how to do it. Our world depends on all of us doing things we don't know how to do yet. So th- that, that is our future.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So how do we go about starting to tackle and conquer the pit of success or to build a bridge over the pit or, you know, whatever the metaphor is you want to use?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, One, I think, is redefining what the pit means. Uh, So like the pit of success, those words have some very intentional meaning. It is not uncommon for people to talk about the pit of despair, all right? And in fact, you're like, oh, I'm in a pit of despair and I'm overwhelmed. But merely by calling it a pit of despair, you change your brain's chemicals and the way you think about something. Your brain is very, very sensitive to word choice. And so if you're defining something as despair, you're having more chemicals in your body that, that limits you. It is a pit though. So uh, like you could say, well, Dave, you're trying to be Pollyanna and just say, hey, jump in, jump in. I, I'm not taking anything away from the difficulty. It is a pit. It is dark. It is lonely. You are confused. Uh, you're, you're lost. You're slow. So the reality is it's a pit, but it's a pit of success because if you're willing to be lost, if you're willing to be confused, then you can always get better. In, in, in fact, you know my uh, you can imagine I try and get all my kids to uh, buy into this because it'll help their whole life. And one of my daughters, when she was 16, she came home from school and said, "Dad, I, I think I get what you're saying. You know I was in my sociology class and we we're talking about stuff, and she said, "You're telling us, if we're willing to feel dumb, we can always get smarter." And it's like, yes. If you're willing to feel temporarily dumb, then you can do anything. And that, that is the nature of all growth is doing things when you don't know how and everybody around you, even when they look like they're just confident, they're figuring it out too.
0: Yeah. The willingness to look dumb or to feel dumb. uh, It's, it's why, you know, some people aren't willing to, to try new ideas, express new ideas. uh, You know, sometimes I'm kind of a think out loud kind of guy. And so uh, that kind of drives uh, some people crazy uh, because they like to think through very carefully, everything, you know, carefully consider it and then really craft their words uh, and speak in that way. And which that's fine. You know, everyone has their own style. Everyone has their own approach. Um, in, In my mind, the part of the reason why that's my style is, is just because I don't feel like I have to, um, I don't have to be so like tied in to whatever I'm thinking or saying right in the moment. Like, yes, I'm constantly evolving. I'm taking in new information, I'm reevaluating., uh, sometimes I'll say something and then realize, you know what? That doesn't make sense or I don't even agree with myself. I just heard myself say those words, and I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. um and and so we all have our own process that I guess the question is, are we willing? to allow ourselves to go there and to explore and if we are then then we can start to shine a light on those things that maybe we aren't comfortable with or or things right. that that we do want to unlearn or relearn or or new new things we want to go Explore all altogether, like we've never even tried before. And if we can look temporarily dumb or stupid, or we can we can uh, recognize that, yeah, sometimes we're going to put our foot in our mouth. We can apologize. We can try to make it better. Uh, we don't. I don't expect perfection from myself. I don't expect perfection from anybody else around me. Um, and if we can all just kind of give each other permission to to learn as we go, then then I think that creates a really dynamic environment and a psychologically safe environment where now we can move forward and and just. Experiment and iterate, and tr- you know, as we try new things, we're going to figure out some things work, some things don't work, and and we'll be able to progress and move forward. So that's kind of the way I frame it up. Um, yeah. and and I like I like the positive framing of the pit, the reality that the pit, yes, the pit does exist, and we can't get past that. Um, there are real obstacles, and and the reality is some people face bigger obstacles than others. You know, we're both straight white dudes, and you know. That's, uh, it, it brings with it a certain level of privilege. And, and so our pit looks different, say, than a, a, a person of color or a female or people who have other disadvantages, um, you know, because of various societal norms and, and values. And so we just need to acknowledge what our pits are. We need to acknowledge uh, what our privileges are. And then we can start to, to chart a path, right, to how we yeah. can overcome it. Um, and so I guess awareness, knowledge is half the battle. If we can really just be um, clear-eyed about those realities, then, then uh, we can really start to put a plan in place. So what would you say to a leader who's feeling you know, imposter syndrome, they're feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling um, like they see what they want to, you know, where they want to go, but they just don't see a way around that pit? How, how would you approach that?
1: Uh, there is no way around the pit. <laughs> you are going to go through it. Uh, I'm very serious that your future depends on your willingness to be temporarily incompetent. The fact is, if you want to learn, you're going to have to do things you don't know how to do. And so getting so one to me, the the defining and accepting it is a reality. And and like for myself, I study this. I have studied it for years. And when I do something beyond my experience, I go through it, too. And I would argue I probably understand it better than most everybody because of all the research, but it doesn't exclude those feelings of, I thought I would be better. I thought this wouldn't be as hard. I thought I could pull in more. So, one is accept that that's just part of it. Uh, the other part is getting, so, you know, to help a leader get through it. You know, so one define it as norm. If you can accept the normality of it, you have a huge advantage. The other part really connected that, with that is to accept what my co-author calls the betweenness. When you're in that space, you're between your current expertise and your future expertise. And when you're between, a, a very common response is, I should be better. You're going to sit there and talk to yourself and say, what's the matter with me? And so what I would push on people is you're not supposed to be better. You are supposed to be uh, figuring this out. You're not supposed to know. You're supposed to have to work hard. You're supposed to make a few uh, missteps. And so when you can accept that, hey, I'm not supposed to know, there's this huge burden that just goes off. It's like, I've never been here before. Why should I know? I don't know about you, but when I go to a city I've been to before, I just kind of I'm okay but when I get to a city I've never been to there's this certain wow. Well, you know it's the same with learning things you're in a city you've never been before you don't know where to turn and you're going to you know hit a few uh, dead ends there so accepting the betweenness and that not knowing is exactly where you should be I think that's a big step
0: Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions that Produce Extraordinary Results. will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.
1: And another one the research is real clear on taking time to clarify purpose you know, as I look out there and I, I listen to others, uh, I hear this advice from every discipline. and It doesn't matter. You're going to hear this advice. And the reason is, it's a foundational piece of advice of what is your, your purpose for this? And sometimes you can think, well, purpose, grand, I'm going to, you know, cure cancer or whatever. It's like, that, that that's great. And if you have that, more power to you. But for a lot of us, purpose is just around something simple like I've always wanted to do this. I've wanted to see if I could do this. And it can be that, that simple. I just want to do it. I want to be the first one to graduate college in my family. I want to be able to take on this new job. And so whatever that purpose is, figuring that out gives you huge advantage because you can return to it when you're sitting there and you're going, this pit is deeper and darker than I thought. But why am I in it? Because I want X. So that those would be my starting places would be pit would be clarity of purpose accept the betweenness and redefine what it means to be in the pit.
0: Yeah, love it, love it. And the subtitle to the book says "Adapt, Succeed, Repeat." Oh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What do you mean by that?
1: So uh, basically, you're you and I are at this level right now. We're doing whatever we're doing. We're in our current expertise we're going to go into the pit. And down here, we're going to be lost and confused. Then we're going to come back and we're going to be better than we were before. And it's like, all right, this is now your current expertise. Well, good news, bad news, to get to your next level, you're going to have to repeat it. And so every new demand makes you, you know, go up the curve and makes you go down the curve. And that's, that's the joy of life really is refiguring it out and saying, all right, I I know how to do X, but I don't know how to do this. I've never been here before. Why should I know? That and that that to me is just the unburdening of yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat this, and uh, I'm gonna figure it out for a while. But then I'm gonna get a new demand, and and I'll have to figure it out again.
0: Do you do you see a way that we can go about like how do how do we build the muscle um, around continuous? learning and the resilience to deal with the pit, um, so that, you know, we can't avoid it and we can't go around it. Um, but perhaps we can get better at how we respond to it. And perhaps, uh, we, we can get to the point where that learning curve goes a little bit faster. Um, any, any thoughts on that?
1: Sure. So I, I think one to, uh, to get better at it is start doing small things, so there's a continuum some people jump into the pit with no thought all right others fight the pit as as long as they can and so we're all on that continuum if you're on the continue on the end of the continuum that says i don't want to try things to me it's small things i mean try a different dish when you go out to dinner it could be that simple it's the idea of just all right I'm going to try something different. You're, you're not always going to like the dish you order because you miss your favorite dish at that restaurant, but try small things as the starting place. And that gets kind of a habit. And I, I know I'm biased, but I think the things we've already talked about also change because you really realize that, okay, it's normal. I'm going to figure it out. And knowing that I think is a big deal. Uh, the other thing that is connected, we haven't talked to as much, it's it's actually chapter chapter two in the book is we heavily want people to understand that their brain can change. And I have a real bias that uh, when you understand the way your brain rewires, you're more free to embrace the pit. Because a lot of us, you, you go into something new and you say, this isn't me. Uh, I don't have talent for this. I'm lost. I'm confused. Uh, I, I I failed before, which are normal uh, statements. But If you understand that your brain is learnable, it can rewire, then you're sitting there and you're going, okay, yeah, it's true. All those things are true. I have never been here before. And maybe I haven't previously had the talent, but I know that if I practice, my brain will rewire. Your brain virtually has no choice. If you focus and repeat, your brain has to rewire, whether that's muscle memory or a habit or whatever it is. And so one thing I really want people to know is you have a learnable brain. And if you get that, then you're like, oh, even when I go in that pit, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, you're going to be okay. You're going to be lost, but you're going to figure it out. Your brain will rewire.
0: Yeah. And just that reassurance that you you take that step into the darkness, and that's so scary. But if you just know that you you will be okay. uh, You're going to be fine and it could be a little uncomfortable for a bit, um, but you will be fine. And like you said, as we rewire, as we lean into the uncertainty and as we have more experience with, you know, facing the pits in our life or whatever, however you frame it, then it it becomes easier and easier um, to feel that comfort. Amidst the discomfort to, to recognize that this is just, this is part of the process. This is, you know, yeah. part. this is me learning and developing. This is me growing. And that's, again, what you've already said it, but that's what life is all about. That's what makes life interesting. If I was doing the same thing each and every day, ad nauseum, I would get so bored. I would I would not feel fulfilled. I would not feel meaning and purpose in my life. And, and so we need to foster that within ourselves, our resilience, our ability to deal with the pits uh, in our own lives and to continue learning. And we need to foster that within our teams, within our organizations. Uh, and that actually gets to my next question. You started to, to talk to it a little bit, you know, in, in uh, relation to change, ongoing change. We know that every organization is facing a continuous onslaught of change. And certainly the last two years has even shown a a brighter light on that. We've had to be able to adapt and pivot constantly and relearn and unlearn and and challenge assumptions and all these different things. We've had to be able to do that more over the last couple of years than perhaps we've had to do uh, any time in recent history. And I think that pace of change and uh, is just going to continue. We're accelerating into the future of work. We're accelerating into this this reality where we just have to constantly be adapting. And so how do we, as leaders, create a dynamic culture where we can really foster and get excited about continual change. And as some have, have talked about it, you know, we can enhance our change agility. We can enhance our change ability through, you know, the work that we're doing right now and how we frame things, how we have communications and the policies, practices and procedures within the organization.
1: So I really think leaders need to normalize the pit of success. And that's what we do. Like when we go into companies, and we often, you know, we'll work with the executive team, and and then it will start trickling in. In fact, one of the presidents of a company, uh, I, I saw him a few months after we had started. He said, "Dave, I walk in to different people's uh, offices, and all the time I see the pit of success drawn on the board." And he said, "I just imagine that that manager." was sitting there talking with somebody and saying, hey, here's what we're going through and just normalizing it. Normalizing that you're going to be overwhelmed and yeah, this is where you're at and you're going to figure it out. And if I can make a a side note there, what we don't want to do is use the pit of success and weaponize it. What some people will do is go, you know, the problem with you is you won't jump in. You know, that does not motivate me one bit to uh, take on anything. And so to respect that it is a process, to respect that it is really, really hard to leave your current expertise and to not minimize the difficulties that some people uh, resist that more than others. To, To me, when we respect that change, rather than, you know, what's the matter with you, also, when we uh, express our own vulnerability, I am always pushing uh, leaders I work with to share their pit and to share that, hey, here's what I'm having to learn right now. Here's what I learned in my last job and here were the difficulties I had. And right now I'm going through this. You know, the old school of leadership is is what show no vulnerability. And we've heard a lot about vulnerability. And to me, it's it's not so much vulnerability as it is just normality. I just want to make it normal that you're learning. I'm learning. What I have to learn is different from you because I've been pushed into a new, a new uh, pit, uh, but we're all just learning and to normalize that, to, uh, to realize that our future really does depend on us letting go of what we're good at and doing something we don't know how to do until we're good at something new.
0: Yeah. It, it's impossible to innovate if we're just continually doing what we're already good at, right?
1: Right. Right. So what? So, 20 plus years ago, I left Hewlett Packard. Uh, and at that time, Hewlett Packard was a Fortune 20 company. I literally had kind of my dream job. But I always wanted to start a consulting firm. I always I always planned on that. And I When I started, I put up a, a very common quote uh, uh, in my office. I still have it. Uh, now it's on the bookshelf, but uh, it says, you can't discover new oceans until you have the courage to lose sight of the shore. And for me, that's always a reminder of, yeah, I can keep doing this. I'm going to be good. In fact, people love what I do. And in five years, if I'm still doing it, they're, they're not going to need it in the same way. But just to realize that, yeah, you're not supposed to be better. You're supposed to be where you're at and you're going to figure it out. Uh, when I uh, graduated uh, with my bachelor's degree, my, uh, my parents gave me this really cool etched piece of metal. And it said, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. But here's what's, what's kind of crazy is after studying resilience, I decided it was a terrible statement here, because if if you only did things that you felt, you know, you couldn't fail at, where's life in that? And so even though it won't fit on a uh, a short piece of uh, metal to me, I've rewritten that to say, what would you do if you knew you could figure it out? You're going to make a misstep. You're going to get confused, but what would you do if you knew you could figure it out? Now I've got freedom. And to me, that comes back to the, uh, the learnable brain that you just, you're gonna figure it out. It's who you are. It's, it's, it's what we're built to do.
0: Yeah, I love it, Dave. It has been a pleasure. I know at the time, I'm gonna have to let you go here in just a minute. But before we close for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, where they can find your book, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: You bet. So uh, our, uh, our training and development site is learnablesolutions.com. And it can tell you about the different things we do to, to help companies. And uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, if you put in LinkedIn leadership, uh, I, I put out a periodic uh, post on, on there. You know, I really want to end with what we, we started with of that your future depends on being temporarily incompetent. And what you need is learnable. I am so convinced after reading study after study that your brain can rewire, you can figure it out. I am just like, there's no doubt in my mind. So that's what I want everybody to know.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, Dave. It has been a pleasure. I I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Dave can do for you. Check out the book. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Check out the HCI Academy and our many course offerings and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions that Produce Extraordinary Results.